Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, Season 5, Episode 22, for Saturday the 10th of June 2023. And you'll be delighted to hear that we've got headlines this week. So coming up in this episode, I've hit 25 million page reads this week. My second pass of Book 3 is done. It is now ready to hand over for a professional edit. And I'm digging in deep with my book research. Let's start with my editing update this week. Just to say again, it's probably going to be a shorter episode now because we're just into editing and much smaller jobs. But I'll let you know what's going on and where we're up to. All this week, I've sort of doubled down. So normally I say to you that because I don't particularly like editing, I've been doing five chapters a day. But in actual fact, because I was so late getting back to it, I decided to do 10 chapters a day. I'm recording this episode on Thursday and I have just finished my second pass of book three in my trilogy. So my wife has finished it. I've gone through all of my wife's observations and made any changes that she spotted. And I have come up behind and I've read it another time. And so that's two reads that it's had. It felt uh, pretty tight from my point of view, uh, having gone through it for a second time. There wasn't an awful lot that I needed to change in there. And so what I'm going to do over the next two days, so on Friday and Saturday, I'm going to run it through Grammarly, Pro Writing Aid, I'll look at the, the word changes. So actually, I did a lot of the word changes as I went along this time. This is the, the bits that are underlined in red, which I think is usually spellings, and the bits in blue, which are usually grammar. So I've, I've gone through those, those. I'm not expecting a lot of word changes now. Uh, and then I will send it over to Claire on Sunday, and she'll probably start work on that on Monday. So it'll be back from Claire on the 2nd of July, if I've got my dates correct. And that's when I'll do my final read through and get that ready for an ARC copy. So what, what do I do now? Because book three really just has to sit with Claire, wait for her changes to come back. I am now going to move on to my pre-ARC reads. These have been edited by me, they've been edited by my wife, they've been edited by Claire. I've gone through Claire's changes. So what I'm going to do now before I release them to ARC readers is I, I'm going to read them again. I'm going to make some very, very tiny minor changes based on my visit to Hull. Just slight little tweaks to maybe locations that I can make just because I've actually trod or walked in the areas that the books are set now tiny little tweaks and then just see what else I can spot some tiny maybe little plot alignments in there as well uh, and then they will be ready in their arc form ready for readers to to go all over them interestingly I'd sent book one to Claire Jennison Claire is a Hull author who's just been published with uh, Bloodhound Books, if you recall. She's just had a very successful release with Bloodhound Books. Uh, Claire has read book one, so she is the first non-family reader and non-editor. Actually, Claire does do editing as a separate sideline, but she was reading this as a whole reader for me. And I got some nice feedback from Claire this week. And Claire, uh, most importantly, I think, had not spotted anything that I'd got wrong about Hull and the local environment. So that's, you know, pleasing and it's a great start. And I sent... Claire book two to continue reading the series I did that earlier in the week so it's all kind of happening but none of this is major work it's chug 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 work it all has to be done uh, none of it takes uh, massive blocks of time uh, but you know chug 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 really is all I can say about it it's all work that has to be done and I just keep moving it along like a sausage factory so 
pre-arc reads are what I move on to on Monday. Now, when I'm reading the books all the way through, now I know the events and now I know exactly how the story maps out. As I'm going through the book, I'm going to be making notes saying, right, that was day one, that was 10 o'clock roughly on day two. I just want to get the timeline right, just a last double check of the timeline to make sure everything makes sense. And when you're writing a book over three books like that, I kind of, I've lost the plot on what day I'm on at the moment. I must be, I must be somewhere near Friday or Saturday, I reckon. But I, I'll, I'll just check that as I'm now making those last reads and record it and just make sure that the days are correct as well. But this is, this is just tiny stuff. It, it doesn't make any difference to the story. It might just be a sentence or a word, a couple of words, just acknowledging that it's the weekend or not the weekend they're tiny little changes now uh, but these just uh, obviously lead to the the authenticity the realism the correctness of the book so that that's really what I'm doing next I'll be doing the pre-arc reads well I don't know I might do them at 10 chapters a day the rate I'm going actually I've, I've because there's been so little to do at this stage I'm, I'm perfectly happy reading 10 chapters a day and what I've tended to do is I've done the five chapters I've gone off and done a little job like cut the grass or something like that hang out the washings some some job like that I bet Lee Child doesn't have to do this and uh, and then I've come back and done the other five chapters when I've had half an hour just to do something completely different, get a bit of fresh air and refresh myself. And it's worked perfectly all right. So I may well continue doing that with the, the art copies. So that's where we're up to with the editing. I'm very happy with the stories. I keep reading it. I think, have I missed anything? Does that work? Have I covered all the plots? I think I have. I don't think there are any gape, gaping plot holes in it. I think it's okay. I think it's tight. I think I've covered covered all the bases, but we'll wait and see what Claire says when I get book three back. Let's move on to the marketing update then, and uh, Facebook and Amazon just chugging along uh, nicely. Uh, BookBub updates this week, <laughs> another knockback. Uh, Morecambe Bay, the nine pack was rejected on Tuesday. I submitted Don't Tell Meg the box set of three books on Wednesday and I'm just waiting on Thursday to hear whether that's going to get in or not but uh, really bookbub just nothing there just a bit of tumbleweed with bookbub at the moment in other uh, writing related news I said this in the headlines I'm delighted to have reached 25 million page reads this week now I told you this was coming and I seem to remember a couple of episodes ago I even predicted roughly when I would actually hit the 25 million page read uh, mark but it happened last night so I'm recording this on Thursday it happened on Wednesday night I was hoping that I would actually catch the 25 million dead during the day but it happened overnight some some time in between what I I checked sometime around midnight and I think it was 3:43 when I saw it it had actually got over the 25 million mark but it was too late for me. It was just uh, the wrong time of day for me to get it bang on 25 million, which is what I really wanted to do. Now, 25 million page reads. My books are roughly 250 pages. So that's worth about 100,000 book sales. And obviously I've done book sales in Amazon and elsewhere on Google, on Apple. I've done more, more than that. But in terms of the page reads, it's 100, worth 100,000 sales roughly depending on on how you count the pages the number of pages in a book so 
I think with sales on Amazon, I think it's I've done 110 paid sales. If you look at units shifted, we're nearly at half a million now, but that includes free promos as well. So I don't count the free promos in that, but we're actually, if you, if you count free books, uh, you know, books given away first in series books um, on Amazon, we must be, I think we're nearly about 600,000 on Amazon alone. And I haven't, I haven't sort of bothered to count up the other ones. But in terms of actually paid book sales or sales or transactions for which I have received money, it's about 210,000 on Amazon alone at the moment. That's excluding all free copies. So those numbers feel um, OK. <laughs> It'd be nice to nice to be hitting millions, wouldn't it? But uh, that's OK. As I said, when I posted that information on social media earlier on in the week, I'm just a little kitchen table business. It's just me doing everything. And that doesn't feel too shabby, uh, you know, for a small solo business. But long may that continue. It would be nice to be hitting millions on that in, in, in future years and months. I wanted to mention to you the New Author podcast, which is hosted by Jerry Evanoff and Rich Casey. I'm getting a tremendous value from this podcast uh, these days. It's working really well with the two of them probably because they're both they're both writing, editing, doing all the things that we do day in, day out at the moment. But it's been just an excellent listen, uh, you know, in, in, in recent weeks and months. There's lots of in the weeds, useful info in there. And particularly, it's been particularly strong with Rich's insights into Kindle Vela, which is doing extremely well with at the moment. I'm very, um, I don't like to use the word envious, but I would like to be, <laughs> I would, I've got FOMO. I would like to be trying out Kindle Vela if it was available to us in the UK but Rich is uh, if you are if, if you're in the US and you can access Kindle Vela you should listen to what Rich is saying about that because he's having really some great success with that so congratulations on that Rich and I'm I'm listening even though I can't use it I'm listening with great interest but also uh, Jerry's been doing some brilliant stuff with AI now this you know everybody every 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 man and his dog is talking about AI at the moment but Jerry's just done some really uh, practical stuff with plotting um, and, and, and it's working really well I'm listening to this thinking wow you know that's I'm really interested in that uh, and, and they've done a special episode this week um, in which Jerry gives detail about how he's used chat GPT to, to plot a book out and it's just really just really good you know it's not it won't overwhelm you with science it's just practical handy stuff so there's a special episode on there as well as uh, updates on the regular episodes but also uh, Rich has done a special episode on Kindle Vela they're, they're, it's all well worth listening to if you haven't checked out the new author podcast recently please do put it in your your stack of, of, of podcasts that you listen to every week I have signed up for a course this week. It's by a, a, a UK, he's a former uh, police officer uh, called uh, Graham Bartlett, I think that's his name. And I've been following him on social media and I'm signed up to his list. And he does these courses, he does CSI uh, crime scene courses and things like that. So it's all about UK policing procedures. And I've wanted to, they're quite expensive, those ones. And I've just wanted to sample what he does. And, and a course has come up, which was £120. And I've signed straight up for it because that's a nice try before you buy a sort of a, a lower price course where I can just see what we're about. But it's also very useful for me for the, the book I'm half planning in my head at the moment. So the course is called Covert and Undercover Policing for Crime Writers One Day Online Workshop. It takes place on the 1st of July 
2023. And what's being covered in this book is uh, how the surveillance state ruins it for crime writers. I've used surveillance uh, a lot in my uh, in my current book because you've, you've got to acknowledge the fact that people have uh, these wireless doorbells on, on their doorsteps right now. There's There are cameras everywhere. You know, you have to acknowledge this in any kind of uh, policing book. So, and, I, and it features quite heavily in, in my book. So that's really interesting to me. Why is it so hard to hide nowadays? Digital footprints, why they're not all there. So maybe digital footprints, you know, in any, in any crime that you write these days, you have to ask yourself as a writer, well, why can't they just pick up the phone? Why can't you just pick up the phone and say, help, I've been kidnapped? So you've always got to account for phones and surveillance these days. He's also going to go into technical tactics, patchwork surveillance, human intelligence, using avert tactics to maximise the covert. That takes some thinking about, that sentence. Uh, social media, hiding in plain sight, undercover methods, and also common mistakes that crime writers make. So this is right to the heart of what I'm doing at the moment with this new series. So I, I didn't even have to think twice about that. I signed up, it was 120 pounds. I'll put the link on the show notes if that's something that might be of interest to you. Uh, but just remember that will be UK policing procedures in that training. I've been busy this week with SPS Live in that I've been making the final plans for that. So I fixed up several appointments with author pals this week. If you're if you're going and you'd like to make sure we catch each other, please let me know. Just drop me a line at paul at paulteague.com and just let me know because I'm pretty well out of slots now and I actually need to keep one or two back for something else that I may need to organise when I'm down in London. Um, so my time's uh, pretty pretty crammed now, but do just drop me a note if you're heading there and you would like to make sure we meet up over a coffee. Um, I've kind of got, you know, the lunch breaks and the the tea time slots and things. <laughs> They're all sorted now. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit like that. And I'm barely going, actually. I, I got the, the rundown of all the, or the breakdown, the time breakdown of everything that's going on. And uh, I know pretty well, but well, I'm only, I'm probably at, the, at maximum, I think I'm at the very maximum, I'll be going to about four of the sessions. So most of the time I am actually going to be involved with uh, you know, talking to people and having meetings with people. So yeah, just drop, drop me a line if you would, because I've, I've just, I've pretty well finalized who are meeting and when now. And I, I wouldn't want to miss you um, if you are there and there's an opportunity to chat in person. The other thing that'll make you laugh, I told you uh, over the past two weeks, I've told you about this, uh, these health tests that we've been doing. And we went off and had, you know, ECGs and blood taken and all this. I got the results this week. And uh, I can officially tell you, it's scientifically uh, confirmed, I have the body of a 43-year-old. <laughs> doesn't feel like it when I'm running or when I get out of bed in the morning. But I was quite pleased. The um, The results were, were largely clear. I got to watch my, was it cholesterol? I got to keep an eye on my cholesterol. So I shall be taking moves to do that. But that was the whole point of having these tests done. Uh, they give you a, a green, an amber, or a red. And I had a, a red on one of my cholesterol readings, so I, I got to watch that, and I'll follow that up, obviously. Uh, but one of the things I was delighted with is um, that apparently I'm trying to remember what the word is. It's, um, but I, it says you've got the the age of a 43 year old. Hang on, let's get this right because I shouldn't be making promises that I can't keep here. Let's have a look. It's in my downloads because I I took a, a screenshot of it. Here it is. 
I'll tell you what the actual phrase is <laughs> so I don't get sued for misrepresentation. Uh, my metabolic age is apparently 43. No, I'll take that. 15 younger than it should be. At the age of 58, I'll take that. I'll take any little scrap that they could offer me. Um, so yeah, I've got the body of a 43-year-old, but the writing ability of a 10-year-old. So I suppose we're kind of getting there in a roundabout way. Here are some links to share then this week. You'll find all these links at selfpublishingjourneys.com. And the, the first thing is I'm not sure that I agree with everything in this article, but it's very timely and I want to share it with you. It's an article by the Society of Authors and it's Artificial Intelligence, Practical Steps for Members. Now, th this is not endorsed by me. It's simply offered to you because obviously the Society of Authors represents lots of authors, probably fair to say mostly traditionally published. I, I It's certainly worth a read. I'm not entirely sure I agree with absolutely everything in it, but I offer it to you on that basis as a really interesting document to read and to maybe assist you in trying to figure out where the heck you, you sit in all this AI stuff. So I'll put the link to that on this week's show notes. It's certainly an interesting read. Also, uh, another blog post from the Fussy Librarian, and uh, I think we could all do this. Um, starting a writing career what mistakes new authors make and this is nine mistakes that new authors make so i uh, you don't have to be a new author to make those mistakes frankly so it's a good read for everybody it's one of these long say long i should say a sustained or detailed article it has a table of contents and the table of contents are the importance of starting a writing career strong nine mistakes that new authors make and then takeaways at the end now i'd have been really grateful for an article like this when i started writing i, I suppose they must have been around somewhere but I, I i wasn't aware of them at that time but some of the points this makes are a real writing basics and i think that if you if you follow the nine points in here, it would set you on the right course as a new author. And I think we could always be reminded of them as uh, you know, authors who've got a few years under our belts now as well. And then finally, I think I've shared uh, articles from Lisa Poisseau's uh, blog post before. Lisa is a professional editor, but this article uh, I thought was very interesting. It's from her blog. It's called The Fiction Writer's Guide to Publish publishing and editing goals. This is all about um, setting reasonable goals for yourself, but also asking who's in control of your goal. So I, I, you know, I'm not in control. I might have aspirations about having my books on television. Is that a reasonable goal? Is that a goal I can control? Is somebody else in control of that goal? It's really just about setting reasonable goals or, or milestones, and then asking yourself, who's responsible for that goal and how you can obviously nurture those goals and of course to reach your goals in the first place your book is going to have to be edited and of the right kind of quality so it's a really good article well worth a read i think whatever stage you are in your writing career in personal news this week i'm going to go and see the transformers at the cinema next week now you know that i write sci-fi and i actually I've got a real soft spot for Transformers on the telly. Now, when I was at school, Transformers was a cartoon. 
um, and it used to be on after we all got back from secondary school and a lot of my mates used to watch it. I didn't used to watch it in those days, but I, I went to watch Transformers as my younger, my sorry, my middle son used to like Transformers. As my middle son was growing up, he and I used to go and watch all the, the Transformers films. And uh, I've, I've actually, you know, really grown to like them. Uh, less, less so the plots, more so the effects, which are just brilliant. I love the way they turn from cars into machines. The effects are just absolutely amazing. They always have been on the Transformers film. So I'm going to see Transformers at the cinema next week. And also in personal news, just to mention that last night, Wednesday night, I did a 10K race. It was from Carlisle Racecourse around the country lanes and then back to the race course again. I was a little bit nervous when I got there. I, I did a race course run in the new year and there were probably, probably fair to say several hundred people there because it was, a, if I remember correctly, it was a 5K, a 10K and a youngsters race, something like that. But there were a lot of people there. When I got there last night, there weren't that many people there. And I thought, ooh, when there's not many people there, I always expect to be last. I always think, oh, I'm going to be at the end of this because these all look a bit athletic to me. I didn't, I didn't come last, but obviously I, I was at the back. It was a much faster race than usual. It was very hot as well, but it was a, a great run. I really enjoyed it. Uh, very, very punishing. 10K is a long way, you know. <laughs> it really is a long way to run. I've done a few of them now, but it is a long way. Anyhow, I had a great time. It was a nice race. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was a beautiful summer's evening to be out. It only feels like a few weeks ago, it was January, I think, and it only feels like recently that I did that run last time in January when we were having to avoid snow on those roads, but it was beautiful. And you know, there were horses and animals to see as we did the run. So yeah, very lovely experience this week doing that 10K run. That leads me nicely into my healthy author updates. And so I've got another 10K run coming up on this Sunday. So that's two 10K runs in a week, which I wouldn't normally do. So to give myself a break, I'll be running tonight with my club, a 5K tonight with my club. I'm going to volunteer at Park Run on Saturday, and then I'll do a 10K run again on Sunday. So that should give my my 43-year-old body uh, time to recover. As I said, it didn't feel like that when I got back from my 10K run last night. Um, it'll give it time to recover and then I'm not overdoing it. I don't want to overdo things. So uh, I, I'm going to volunteer on Saturday. Incidentally, I'm working now towards getting my 100th Park Run volunteer. Where am I up to at the moment? 80 something, I think. Uh, on Saturday, that will be my 88th volunteer stint at Park Run. And I'm trying to, you know what I'm like with these things, with my stats. I'm trying to hit my 100th volunteer on the fifth anniversary of me doing part run. That's what I'm aiming for. So I'm all about volunteering at the moment and making sure I've got it all back timed carefully so that I think it's the 5th of October is my five year anniversary of running part runs. So I'm trying to hit my hundred, then I get a new t-shirt when I've done a hundred volunteer stint. So that's another reason why I'm volunteering on Saturday. So I shall be doing the usual bits and pieces around that. So I'll be doing a treadmill run on Tuesday probably I might do a 10k probably a 10 uh, probably a treadmill run on Tuesday and then a team run on Thursday that'll be a 5k uh, I've got another 10k coming up next Sunday so I, I just got to pace myself with these 10ks not do too many at once uh, you know allow some recovery time but I'll see how I feel about how I 
pace that. And then I'm still doing the weights and the stretching exercises on Monday and Wednesday. And it's really funny, you know, but um, after I've done those weights and stretching exercises, I've I got to tell you, I feel more tired in that moment than I do when I finish a 10K. It's interesting, isn't it? I, I recover really quickly when I run. It doesn't take me long to recover. But I'm, I I take, I usually close my eyes for half an hour after I've done the weights and the stretching exercises. You know, it really does tire me out when I do those. Anyhow, it's all worth it, isn't it? If you've got the body of a 43-year-old with scientific proof to confirm it. I'm going to stick with it. I've got it on a bit of paper. Okay, that's it for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Sorry it's a short one again, but that's just how the, the writing work is at the moment. I hope whatever you're doing, writing or editing, you have a great week. But for me, for now, from Paul Teague, it's bye-bye until next week.